Speaking of the pyramids, did you guys see they were doing some thermal imaging and they found there's like some big hidden like chamber? If it's grain storage, I will die. <laughs> <laughs> To the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here is your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. All right, guys, we are back, and we just finished watching our my God, what is it? Our fourth GOP debate, and you know we are slaving away quite literally uh, at these things. One way you can help ease the pain a little bit is by shopping over. At LibertyManiacs.com, where our man Damacall has the coolest array of Liberty t-shirts and political gear this side of the Mississippi, no matter which side of it you're on. And you can use the discount code LIONSOFLIBERTY to get 10% off your entire order. Please do check out LibertyManiacs.com, an amazing sponsor during this, oh, I don't want to call it an amazing election season, but it's some kind of election season. Here to discuss the latest GOP debate I've got. A good little crew of libertarians who have been known to drink liquor from time to time, sometimes in their living rooms, sometimes on a Skype call as they are with me right now. First, I'm going to bring in my man, John Odermatt, author of Felony Friday and so many other things over in Pittsburgh. What's going on? Are you still awake? I'm st- I'm still still awake. Still, uh, That was a thrilling debate. I'm, uh, thrilling. I'm fired up to talk about it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, who else we got? Let me see. Howie Snowden, Leesburg, Virginia. How are things? Great. That debate was way better than that last CNBC one, and Rand had a great night. All right. So we we've got some a really positive attitude so far, which I'm really I think I think I have somebody who might be able to bring it down just a, a tad. So uh, Rico, Rico in Ohio. I don't even know if you, you're in Ohio. Uh, you pegged me to a T. <laughs> I feel like not I as enthusiastic. To- I have the energy of Ben Carson right now. (laughs) Are your eyes... See, I couldn't tell if it was my live stream on foxbusiness.com like that would pause on Ben Carson when he was blinking or if he literally had his eyes closed for 10 minutes (laughs) at a time. Can anybody shed light on that? According to the immediate feedback from the Fox News uh, pundits afterwards, Ben Carson won the debate running away. So How is this? Let's just start with that. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't think he did, but to be honest, I kind of zoned out every time he started talking. I don't, I don't know what he said at all. Maybe he's just hypnotizing us. Maybe he's a wizard, too, and he's hypnotizing people. I don't know. <laughs> I would uh, start checking NBA box scores every time he started talking because he was boring. Well, according to the Drudge poll, the results so far, he didn't win. He's, let's see, one, two, three, like fifth. So who said he won? Fox Business? Like Neil yeah, Cavuto Fox, said Fox it? Business. Like, you know, they, they cut to the, the pundits at the desk right afterward, like Charlie Gasparino and, and um, the two uh, two chicks that were doing the, the kitty debate. And they, and they all said, yeah, Carson won. But um, Gasparino well, went right in and chewed out. He, he was chewing out Jeb Bush and uh, Kasich for knowing nothing about banking, which we can talk about that later. Um, well, but, yeah. if Why Carson wait? was right there with him, they might have been afraid they were going to get stabbed or hit with a hammer. That's <laughs> <It's> possible. <laughs> oh boy! I think it was pretty obvious to me who lost the debate. Okay, let's let's start with that. Let's start with uh, just just who's the worst. Can we Kasich? talk about what we're drinking first? Oh yeah, I, I apologize. You're right. I I normally do go around and and verify what everyone is drinking, really, just to make sure you are all drinking. Because really, this show is not going to be fun if you're not. So, uh, well, let's start with me. I've got. You know, because it's a it's a crisp sixty degrees out here in Los Angeles this week, so I decided to start whipping out the the heartwarming, literally fall drinks, and I've got a nice little warm rum and cider going with a a, a hefty amount of cinnamon that I heaped on top. Probably I'm actually choking on it a little bit, so I might have gone overboard, but that's what I'm drinking. Uh, Odie, what about you? 
Got a uh, a nice uh, lukewarm Guinness and some uh, some Dad's Hat Pennsylvania rye whiskey. So, do you prefer it lukewarm, like room temperature? No, it's just been sitting out a little. Well, while no, I mean because like in England they do actually like intentionally drink it that way. It's it's really not bad. It doesn't have to be ice cold for to drink it. If you're gonna drink a warm beer, it, it should be Guinness, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Cheers to that, Howie. What's happening in your in your mouth. <laughs> I'm I'm just drinking Bud Light, but I'm, I'm almost out because oh I drank every time they said Clinton. <laughs> you would have been done by the the kitty debate by Chris Christie. He mentioned it every second of the. Well, we should actually talk about that first. But first, we'll hear what what uh, our legal counsel, Mr. Rico, is drinking. Well, you stole my drink because I'm also drinking. You stole uh, your drink. Rum and cider. How so. can I steal it? This is like the well, intellectual I, property argument. I didn't yes. actually take it from you. You still have it in your possession. Yes. Um, okay. Well, good point. We're drinking the same drink. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So uh, let's just start off because I don't want to. I don't want to just forget these kitty debate guys. So let's spend thirty seconds talk, talking about them. And um, and did any of you guys watch the kitty debate? I know Howie did. Me and Howie yeah. were on there blogging away and drinking away, and well, I wasn't drinking yet. I know I, how he was. I saw like the last two or three minutes, and okay, you saw I had forgotten, but was once again disappointed when I did not see Lindsey Graham. No, he's stage. he lost. He's out. He They didn't even... And he didn't qualify for the kid debate this time because he's he polling zero percent, literally something. polling at 0%. <laughs> he had a commercial between the debates, so I have no idea how he could afford that. Yeah, what I didn't see that commercial because I was just watching the, the stream online, which was commercial free. So, uh, which you'd think they'd want to show me commercials since I'm watching for free, but I don't get the logic there. Well, but you know, he's entitled to uh, 12 free minutes on NBC since Donald Trump was on Saturday Night Live. Is that I've seen that article going around, yeah. and I mean, logically, I mean, by based on election laws, that's... they have to petition for it. But I think he would be a fantastic guest host on. It's it's actually, actually it's, it's Lindsey Graham. 12, Twelve minutes on every every NBC network. So yeah, it could well, be. I don't I've, know. How is it only twelve minutes? Because wasn't Donald on? That's the all whole he show? was actually on. Oh, if you add it up every second. But it's not like he was. I mean, I, didn't, I don't know. I didn't watch it, so you yeah, guys can tell me. But I watched the. Well, you got to watch the opening because I did watch that. I looked that up on Hulu. That's all I cared about. That's all that matters. If you but, have not seen Larry David as Bernie Sanders, you have not lived because it's amazing. It's absolutely I, incredible. I was kind of hoping he would be at this debate and start heckling Donald. But. <laughs> I would vote for Larry David. <laughs> if Larry yeah. David himself ran, I would would not. I would disregard his political positions and just vote for him and support him regardless. Because you know it would be entertaining and funny and awesome. Which is really at this point, that's kind of almost all you can ask for out of politics. You know, it's kind of like the best you can hope for. And if you're not going to get a good result, and maybe we will, I doubt it though. At least we can hope for a funny. So what time. are the odds of a good result? Very very low. Almost almost zero. Actually, you know what? I was um, looking up betting odds on the presidential, <laughs> on the Republican candidates today. And this I is one thought, podcast after Brian McWilliams accused you of having a gambling problem and you denying it, but go, go ahead. <laughs> I thought it was pretty uh, interesting. Rand Paul's uh, odds were ridiculous. It was, here, I can pull it up right now. Please, so the Republican, Republican presidential nominee um, odds. Rubio is by far and away the front runner at plus 120. Mitt Romney and Rand Paul had the same odds at plus 10,000, meaning if you bet $100 on Rand Paul to win. How would one one place a bet on this? He has the same odds as someone who's not running? Yes, that's how the uh, 
gambling world thinks of Rand Paul's presidential odds. So he's plus 10,000. And in comparison, Chris Christie's plus 1,600. Uh, Donald Trump is plus 315. So quite the array. So Rand Paul might be a, a good bet after his performance today. I mean, based on those odds, yeah, um, still not a good bet based on the fact that, you know, look, we thought, I think we can all agree this is definitely... Oh, not only Rand's best debate, maybe the best debate. I mean, and it's and we're judging on a scale here, okay? Because none of the debates are what I would ideally like to see candidates asking about. Ideally, I'd like to see, you know, these candidates ask about if they believe in individual rights and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, and, and at least if they're going to ask these, these sp- specific questions about what they're going to cut and the economy, they should ask a question, let every single person answer the same question so we all know what they think about it, and then let everybody have a chance to respond. I mean, but instead we get a question and then three of them answer it. And then we get a different question. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So we're never going to get the ideal debate, or at least not in this election cycle anyway, but in terms of the debates we've seen so far, do you guys agree this is the best to run, you know, relatively speaking? Oh, yeah. I think definitely. it had uh, it had the most amount of actual content of talking about policy, uh, you know, economic policy and foreign policy and not just uh, personal character attacks or, you know, Trump and there, were, there was that one debate, I forget which one, where Trump and Carly Fiorina went back and forth for like 15 minutes talking about their past history running businesses. <clears throat> so, yeah, it was, it was actually nice to hear some actual And, and where they met Vladimir, Vladimir Putin. Right, right, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's, I think uh, we're moving in the right direction in, in the debate. So maybe by the time we get to debate number 25, we'll actually uh, have an actual real debate. Well, hopefully by the next debate, some of these people will, well, it's probably not going to happen, but... Well, be careful what you wish for, because some of those people could be Rand. Well, we'll see. Possibly. If I was John Kasich, I think I'd pack it up after he tonight. Did te- I, I thought he did terrible. He, he just had a bad look throughout. He's really looked frazzled the last couple of debates. At, really just frustrating. in at, you know, trying to butt in constantly at the beginning, and then his whole... I'll I'll pick who should get a bailout. <laughs> what kind of answer was that? <laughs> did, did any of uh, on that on that particular issue with bailing out banks? Did I didn't I didn't hear any candidate talk about actually you know maybe the banks buying up you know the good assets from a bank that failed because that's what would happen if the government didn't step in. I mean the, the whole bank wouldn't fail just. The bad investments would be liquidated. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think know. they understood the concept. That I, I don't know what Bush's answer was. It, it somehow his answer included the Keystone Pipeline. I'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he didn't make any progress. I don't think towards reviving his campaign. That's no. I don't see how to make any kind of a comeback it's no i mean you see articles out there about how rand is done you want to talk about someone that's done i think jeb bush is done done i think so well i mean what what does he inspire in anybody and maybe that doesn't matter if you have the establishment behind you but from stuff i've been reading i don't think he has the establishment behind him like people his high level guys are all pulling out of his campaign so i mean i mean and and who did he say one thing of substance tonight? And you know what the thing is about Jeb? He doesn't come across as that terrible of a guy. Like I don't hate him. Like there's other candidates that really really dislike. Although Christie in the Kitty debate tonight, I usually dislike him. He actually came across okay in the Kitty debate um, for Chris Christie. We should, we have to realize we're always judging these things in a, in a scale here. But um, you know, if it wasn't for all the terrible things I know he thinks and believes, I wouldn't think he was that bad. But they didn't get into the bad stuff really too much. Um, what was I talking about again? Jeb, <laughs> Jeb. Okay, well, I've, Jeb. Well, I think one one of the worst things that we're just talking about Jeb uh, for a little bit here. 
when they asked him the most dangerous, you know, you got to love this question. What, what's the most dangerous uh, thing to the United States? Most uh, dangerous, uh, you know, possible thing that could happen. And of course, Jeb goes into Islamic Islamic extremist, uh, a terrorist attack. Um, you know, playing right from the uh, Dick Cheney and neoconservative playbook. So yeah, that that's all he has to fall back on, really, is just fear mongering. That's that's his base. That that's all he knows. So well, I mean. Everyone up there besides Rand was just fear-mongering. Yeah, Rubio went into that when he got into the kind of back and forth with Rand about it. He, he went right into the whole fear-mongering thing, too. And, you know, of course, the crowd goes wild about it. Carly Fiorinas, too. She sounds like she's going to start World War III. Oh, man. that I tell you, she sounded good for a while. She's really good when it comes to talking about sort of domestic free market type stuff. She always tries to say, you know, let's look to the market for this stuff. And um, then she then she loves. I feel like some advisor she has that said, "Look, crony capitalism. It's what all the young kids are talking about. Make sure you mention it because she brings it up all the time." And yet, I, I, mean, I don't know how sincere she is about actually ending crony capitalism, but she sounds her rhetoric is decent on that stuff. And then she gets the foreign policy, and suddenly she's like, "Not only would I not talk to Vladimir Putin, I would put the missiles back in Ukraine, and I would bring in troops everywhere, and I would surround Russia, and I would bring our subs in. I'd pretty much do some aggressive stuff." And you're like, "Uh, okay, so you would start World War III, despite your love for the free market. You would end our life as we know it by just by igniting a war with Russia. That sounds like a fantastic." idea she, she scares the crap out of me actually because she would be seen i think as a woman in some way you're not seen as scary warmonger i i mean maybe i'm being sexist i don't know i think i think that i'm talking about i think other people might might see as sexistly where <clears throat> you might if, if rick santorum and lindsey graham are saying this stuff we're like oh get away from that guy but if carly's saying it everyone's like oh it's carly it's okay She's or just cute. look at hillary as the biggest hawk in the race do you think that uh, Carly might be now. I don't know. I mean, this <laughs> yeah, is Carly insane. might be. This was Do insane. women have to like put on a more hawkish front to you be taken so? seriously? I don't know. That, that that one point where Carly was talking about all the all the groups she would arm. She, I'll arm the Kurds. Arm arm the Egyptians. Or arm the Emiratis. <laughs> arm the Egyptians. She said Egyptians twice. I'm pretty sure. But she'd no, name she named like every middle, du- every middle Eastern country. And uh, that, that had to be her just trolling for uh, you know some military industrial complex dollars. I would assume. I'm really glad that Rand pointed out the fact that this everyone keeps saying about the no fly zone over Syria. They, they're talking about shooting down Russian planes. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's yeah, just... no, that was that was a great point by him. Yeah. And he's yeah. the only one that thinks it's it's crazy. I mean, everyone yeah. else thinks it's totally like a good idea. Yeah, let's just go start a new no fly zone and uh, shoot down Russian planes, and you know we'll see what it's, happens. I'm like, what do people think they mean when they say no fly zones? Like, ISIS doesn't have planes. We're seriously. Yeah, I mean, the no fly zone is clearly only for the Russians. If we're going to have a no fly zone in Syria, I mean, I guess you could talk about. I mean, Assad has a has an air force, but I mean, we're we're we're, they're talking about the Russians. They didn't start talking about it until Russia started sending planes in. So it's very clear anyone following what's going on that they're talking. They may as well insert the phrase "Let's go shoot down Russian planes," but. Saying that sounds bad, so they just say, yeah. "Oh yeah, we'll put a no fly zone in. Should be no problem." Give Donald Donald Trump uh, props for you know wanting to just let Russia fight ISIS and uh, stay out of it. So that's the interesting question: Is Donald Trump the best non-Rand Paul candidate on foreign policy? He was against Iraq and Libya. I, I, I mean, he does say some stupid things about foreign policy sometimes, but a lot of the stuff he says, I'm I'm behind. Well, what's his point in the first hour of the debate seemed to be contradicting contradicting his point in the second hour where 
you know, at first he said, well, we have to have the strongest military. We have to build it up and, and make it the greatest that, you know, could possibly be. So he's, he's talking about pouring all this money into the, uh, in the military. But what are you going to be doing? If you're building up the military that much, I mean, is it just going to be sitting at home? Probably not. So That's, that would be cheaper, at well, least. No, it's all going to go to the wall. I think he's. Oh, okay. I think Trump. I mean, Trump's like the ultimate populist. He just latches on to issues. Um, you know, he knows that people want a strong military, so he says strong military. He knows that the, the most people are, are kind of war war weary in this country and sick and tired of uh, you know nation building. So so he says that, that we sh- we should stop nation building and, and we shouldn't be involved in Syria. Let, let the Russians handle it. I don't think he actually really has any principle or really cares. He just. He just wants to be president, and I think he's going to he's going to say anything he can to get it, and it's working. So let's talk about this Donald Trump thing a little bit because I know you've looked into this. Uh, you've read Scott Adams' blog, heard a couple of interviews. He's of course the creator of Dilbert, and he's talked about this a little bit about how Donald Trump is using really extremely genius, brilliant uh, tactics that actually, if you might even call them hypnotizing, the way that he uses certain key phrases and key words and says certain things, not necessarily because they make sense or because he believes them, but because he knows what the effect that they're going to have on the audience. Do you want to you touch on that a bit? Yeah, I, I mean, um, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of research on this, but... At least just, as much as me, so... Yeah, just 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 quick story. You know, the first I heard about this was a, uh, a podcast between uh, Tim Ferriss and Scott Adams, as, as Mark said, and Scott Adams... Um, yeah, famous comic, obviously, with Dilbert. And he's kind of hated, actually, in the comic community because of his success and the way he has succeeded and these things that he's... A lot of people think he, he's crazy for, uh, for, the, for the way that he has um, uh, found success. Um, uh, but, <clears throat> I forget the terminology for it, but uh, you know, uh, visualizing things or uh, you know, writing things down o- over and over again until they come true. Um, and, and using, uh, as, as he talked about with Tim Ferriss, using uh, hypnosis... To uh, to kind of uh, manipulate people, I guess, really, and to use to, to his advantage. But um, a couple of things that Scott Adams talks about, um, and, and he uh, it's it's this blog post. If you just Google how to spot a wizard, <clears throat> it talks about it talks about <laughs> number one um, pointy purple hat with stars on it. <laughs> it talks about people who use these hypnosis techniques, and funny enough. Um, it's uh, Tony Robbins is, is one of the people that, that teaches some of this stuff. And, you know, Bill Clinton had ties to Tony Robbins. Donald Trump has ties to Tony Robbins. Hillary Clinton has ties to Tony Robbins. But uh, so a couple of things. I'll just name a few off. Uh, a wizard succeeds in a high profile field without the benefit or as much talent as one would expect or should be necessary. Um, people seem to have an irrational hatred for the wizard that is not entirely explained by the wizard's actions. Uh, look for an inflated ego, which uh, with an unusually strong ability to withstand withering criticism. Uh, wizards are often more ambitious and often more aggressive. Uh, the wizard has a gift for simplification. Look at the wall. Just build a wall. Simple things. We have um, no choice. Well, he did. Say, he said that about about deport deporting five million people, not about the wall, but he he does it very simplistically. We have to deport them. We have no choice. He doesn't explain why. He doesn't need to explain why. He's just stating it in a very strong way that makes people go, all right. Check your facts. Check your facts. Check your facts. He didn't say that once tonight, did he? I don't think he did. He seemed tired, even from the very beginning. He kind of seemed downplayed tonight compared to uh, other debates, didn't he? The Donald kind of got 
I wouldn't say the shaft, but he he was literally the center in the sense that he was in the middle, but he didn't seem to be the center of attention as much as he used to be. Well, he, he doesn't interrupt too much because he doesn't have any like policy details yeah. or like know anything <laughs> about anything that he can really you know. Yeah, hold isn't his it good for him to kind of lay low during the? Oh debate yeah, and definitely. Make yep. his you know, Mark in the media other ways because then he's not getting challenged on anything. He's, he's basically all these ancillary stories that keep him front and center. And then at the actual debate, he can kind of pick and choose his spots. Yeah. We'll have to check the time everyone talked later on, but I bet you he talked the least of anyone. Really? Yeah. I, I think that's his strategy. I think you nailed it, Rico. He's, uh, he's just trying to make it through the, the debates unscathed without being challenged and, then tomorrow morning he'll be attacking you know somebody he, probably he, Rubio he did have or Rand a couple Paul. funny one-liners I, I forget who was, I think one was to Carly and then uh, one was like Kasich like why are we listening to him and when he kept butting in oh yeah he said it he said about Chuck. Carly she interrupts everybody <laughs> <laughs> Kasich was terrible at interrupting I he just said like. You know, you hear like with debates, it's a lot about body posture and just the energy you're projecting. And he just came off really bad, in my opinion, with constant interrupting. He was slouched over. It irritated me. Like, I just, I didn't like it. I don't know. Yeah. And when he spoke for two segments and then he tried to interrupt saying, well, I need to get more time. It's like, (laughs) you've already dominated the first 10 minutes of the debate and. I was just gonna say I've I've uh, I've never heard someone talk someone talk for so long during a debate when Kasich was talking about banking and get absolutely zero crowd response. It was he got booed at the end. Yeah, he, he did. said, "Well, you know, you have to pick and choose who will get bailed out or who are uh, have their deposits yeah. insured or whatever he was talking about." That's the first time I've heard a, a boo in quite a while during a debate. Oh, the the one moderator got booed when she mentioned <laughs> Hillary Clinton's impressive resume. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing Republicans seem completely united on, which I guess might explain why Chris Christie, who's been relegated down to the kitty debate, spent literally an hour just mentioning Hillary Clinton as much as he possibly can. He kept saying, "That's why I'm going to go after Hillary Clinton." No, and then he would say things like, "Forget our differences here. Hillary Clinton's the problem. I'm the one that can take it on." And he said the same thing. Literally, probably twenty times during during the JB it's, it's hour debate. It started to get really ridiculous after a while, but it I was, still think he dominated that uh, the Kitty debate. Yeah, I mean, he did. I mean, if I didn't already know some terrible things that he believed about the drug war, about guns, maybe even though he's had a few good pardons, I would almost come away from that thinking he was okay. Does Bernie Sanders get mad listening to the Republican debates when everyone's talking about going against Hillary? I'm waiting for a commentator to be like, um, uh, Mr. Rubio, uh, how would you feel if you had to go up against uh, the presumed nominee, Bernie Sanders? Do you think he would just laugh like, what? <laughs> no, you're serious, right? Who? Never know. Anything could happen. R- Rico, you were saying at the beginning about who you thought lost the debate. Oh, yeah. I was oh, yeah. Remember when we had that topic yeah. and then never got to it? Yeah, it was Kasich. Welcome to Libertarians in the Living Room Drinking Liquor, right. friends. This yeah, is what I happens. I thought Kasich did horrible. I, I don't know if he'll – will he be in the next debate? When is the next debate? I don't know anything. <laughs> um, I have more questions than answers. But I just can't see him uh, getting much support after this performance for people who aren't already on the bandwagon for some reason. seems like his uh, supporters are probably going to jump off and try to find someone else. 
Bush may jump off. The Bush supporters got to jump off eventually. The next, uh, the next Republican debate is actually we've got we've got a quite a respite actually, which is it's nice because I'm going to need it after this week. Uh, is not until December fifteenth, so we got over a month to to simmer in the juices of uh, Republicanism. <laughs> All right, I think I think we'll see some big changes between now. I think Carson's someone's going to drop. It. Carson's going to drop. I think you know the the I don't know why Fox News was trying to hype him up after. I thought his performance was awful. Can anyone name one Ben Carson position besides that's not on the pyramids or West Point? Like I just, I I just don't know. I couldn't tell you what he even believes in. All I can say is that he seems like a nice guy, and I can only think that that's why he is doing well in the polls. I mean, I just don't. I can't see any other reason. He does seem like a nice guy. That's all I got, though. Speaking of the pyramids, did you guys see they were doing some thermal imaging and they found there's like some big hidden like chamber? I did see I will, that. I, I will I will die if if it's grain storage, I will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like some thermal thing. They're like, there's a weird anomaly here. It's like this this heated spot that's like giving off. I mean, I don't know if grain gives off heat, but maybe compared to other things around it, it does. That would be amazing if there was grain in there. I, would have to, I think I would have to vote for him. Though. I'm going to vote for him. <laughs> if, if, if there's green in that pyramid, I just say it right now. I'm voting for Ben Carson. Well, ben Carson's suspending his campaign to travel to Egypt to get to the bottom <laughs> of it. I, I, I mean, I know it because you, you sent us out the link, but... He, so he believed that the, the pyramids were built to store grain? He said that I, Joseph I built the pyramids to... I'll, actually, I want Howie to talk about this. <laughs> well, well, that's all I know. He said that Joseph built this, the pyramids to store grain during Still I guess, feels better coming from period you. of plenty. Seems like I, a pretty well, from, I think it's from the, the book of Joseph. It's not like he's saying that Jesus' father, Joseph, built the right, pyramids. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Joseph but, uh, in the technicolor dream coat. He doesn't say that in the Bible, though. He just like... <laughs> Is assuming that you know they were they had to put all that grain somewhere. It must be the seems like a really difficult building to build for that. Yeah, place. why not just like a regular house or something? And he didn't think that like regular Egyptians could have built them. Let's make were... the most difficult building we could ever conceive to the point that people actually wonder if aliens built them and just to put grain in it. Oh well, yeah, no, he thinks God helps because Egyptians couldn't do this on their own, and they're upset that he's saying that now. Does God hate the Egyptians? No, the, the Egyptians are upset that uh, Ben Carson thinks they couldn't have done it without God's help. Oh, is are there actual Egyptians that are mad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a debate between Ben Carson. Excuse me, I'm choking on my drink. Between Ben Carson and an actual Egyptian. Just uh, any Egyptian, like a man on the street. <laughs> like, uh, No, fuck that guy. I work really hard. I could probably build a pyramid if I tried and screw Ben Carson. <laughs> Oh boy. What were yeah. some of his other great beliefs? The world is what three thousand years old. That was one. Yeah. Do you think? Oh, so do you think Rand was? Uh, so they asked Rand about. I guess he <laughs> voted on something that said that he believed that humans had some contributing factor to climate change, and I think that's a vague enough statement to not care if someone votes on. I think that's a possibility. We've done a lot of activity on the planet. I'm sure it affects the climate in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure we've had, yeah, of course we've had uh, yeah. some effect. I mean, there's no doubt. That's yeah. very vague, though. I mean, the extent and all that is different, but... But uh, and that, but as part of his response to that, he is like, uh, "We all know the Earth. Is, we all know the Earth is billions of years old." You got to think, Ben Carson. We just all like, know, huh? Yeah, I, it's like, uh, <laughs> Rand, uh, he didn't butt in, though. He didn't butt in to say anything. He didn't so. butt in. He should have. Yeah. 
I would have, I would have loved it if he, if Ben Carson, he, that might have gotten in my vote. Let's list all the ways Ben Carson could get, my, could get my vote, and none of them are through policy positions. <laughs> One of them is through saying, "No, Rand, actually, I do believe." Actually, it would be a lot slower. That would be like, "Well, actually, Rand, I, um, I believe that it's quite possible that the Earth is merely three or four thousand years." <sighs> That's how I felt every time Ben Carson spoke. He put he just yeah. puts me to sleep. Dude, did you guys see though, you know, after this past week when the media was, you know, going through his past and, you know, revealing some of his fabrications or lies or <clears throat> or misleading statements, um when he was uh, he had a press conference. I don't know if you guys saw this video. I think I sent it out um on the Liberty Chain, but uh he got fired up and he I, I agree with him. He he was talking about, you know, you're going to, you know, read through my book and talk about, you know, it was an offered scholarship or, or, or this or that, and you're not going to question Barack Obama's sealed records. That's a valid point. I mean, I think that's a pretty good point. Um, even coming from Ben Carson, I think that that's, that's something that, it, you know, he, he, he had the media in a corner with that one. I mean. And even if he is lying, Hillary Clinton is still the biggest flyer that there is. I, I don't know why she gets to just skate on that. That's true. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of ways you could call out Hillary Clinton as a liar or whatever, and really don't see it ever talked about, except on so, this podcast and other other. I guess every conservative website probably does, but we're not. So who, who's the worst Republican candidate? Like who would Hillary Clinton? Who would Hillary Clinton defeat the easiest? Who would she have the of least these guys or all with? of them? Because of all of them, Lindsey Graham would probably no. Be no done, I've just just be these eight. Let's keep it to the, okay, the, we'll the eight on the big boy stage tonight. Uh, of these guys, huh. I think Carson. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Because when it comes to a real campaign, like this guy's just has nothing. I mean, he has nothing of substance. I mean, she, she would destroy him in a debate. Yeah, I'd have I to mean, agree. She no, would. No she would walk Carson. circles around, especially him. a one-on-one debate exactly. between her and him. She's just. Ugh. She's spent a, a, a lifetime in politics. What? What if it wasn't one-on-one? What if the debate was uh, Ben Carson, Hillary Clinton? And John McAfee. John McAfee. <laughs> Would that be the best debate you could oh, comprehend man. watching? And Gary Johnson. And That'd Gary Johnson. No, I want to see. Here's what I want to see. I want to see Rand Paul versus Bernie Sanders versus Gary Johnson versus John McAfee. That would be the best debate of all time. Fact. I'm pretty sure if they all lose, we could maybe arrange that Oh, yeah. Debate. What about a loser's debate? But we won't, we won't call it that. <laughs> uh, by the way, speaking of losers, what about Ben Carson's comments regarding how he would deal with ISIS? I'm pretty sure his main crux was, we want to make them feel like losers. Did you guys catch that? No. Yeah, no, That's he literally yeah. said that. He said, we want to make them, they are losers, we want to make them feel like losers. And all I could think was, is he just vying to be Donald Trump's Secretary of Defense? Because I think that would be the only requirement that Donald would have. Is that you agree that they're losers? What exactly... Um, does that entail? Well, I fell asleep after after the first ten <laughs> seconds, as I do with every Ben Carson statement. So calling him names, couldn't tell. Writing him mean letters. <laughs> Dear ISIS, parties. You guys are really not that cool. In You're fact, not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> You're not invited to my party at the pyramids to celebrate the founding of this grain. Oh my god! If that if that thermal imaging produces shows us grain, I, it's I don't know what we're gonna do. <laughs> We're going to have to accept everything Ben Carson says as fact from now on, and that's going to be scary. Yeah. So um, everyone seemed to love Ted Cruz tonight. 
Who's I, everyone? I mean, who's, <laughs> who's everyone? You three plus Brian. Oh, I, yeah, I thought, I thought uh, he did. I mean, I, I didn't like everything. He I said. wouldn't go that far. I, I, uh, I do think that he does a, a much better job than Rand Paul at selling his tax plan. Um, just making it simple. Um, talking about abolishing the IRS. People like to hear that. I'm pretty sure Rand wants to do that too, but he never mentions it. Um, he, he just does a he, he breaks it down step by step on um, the different different uh, uh, you know different tax levels. It, it is a flat tax, which, as I think we've talked about talked about before on this show, I don't necessarily agree with. But yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Ted Cruz is not his tax plan is not bad. He's just his foreign policy is atrocious. But yeah, well, how does he want to cut taxes and then have his sort of militaristic foreign policy? That's a question. Because while they they all have, not they all, but a few of them have good tax plans. I mean. In theory, on paper, Rand is the only one that, that also includes with this with his good tax plan everything he's going to cut and all the things he can cut and a plan to cut things. Where these other guys just generally have like some plans to cut taxes, but really then they still want to have military adventurism. They still want to have foreign aid. They still want to have all these other programs. And and it was re- I mean this was like we said at the top of the show. This is Rand's easily Rand's best debate. By far, and it's because he was aggressive, but he didn't come across as desperate. And John Kasich, and that's where he's a, has a difference with John Kasich, because they might have butted in just as much. I mean, I don't know if it was that much of a difference, but when John Kasich butted in, it was like, ah, oh, please, I, my campaign's dying. He, please he let me speak. He reminded me of uh, Alec Baldwin's, whoever he played on the Saturday Night Live, you know, where he's like, I was promised time. If you guys saw that skit, no. Oh, that was... Uh... Oh, Jim uh, Webb. Jim, Jim Webb. Webb. Yeah, 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 that's what uh, Kasich se- uh, seemed like to me. He, yes. Like, I was promised time. Can I speak now? And then he got in and... Ding. It, <laughs> terrible. But. Yeah, I mean, he just seemed desperate, whereas Rand kind of picked his spots, and he picked them. I, I think he kind of realized that, like, look, if you're on topic and you're responding to something that concerns you, they will actually let you talk. And they did do that. And th- these moderators did the best job, I think, of allowing people to rebut things at certain times when it was appropriate without having, you know, complete anarchy and, and trying to rein in the Kasichs of the world, which is really just John Kasich. Um, I think do, you're right you guys... though. I think Neil does like Rand. Yeah, seems... well, if you can, if you go back to Ron Paul's last two, ca- two campaigns, he was on the um, Neil Cavuto show many times. And you can just tell that Neil Cavuto isn't just sitting there. Like a lot of times Ron Paul beyond rambling. You can, you can almost feel the host just rolling his eyes while Ron goes on about something. But you, you could always tell Neil Cavuto was engaged and was actually like wanted him on his show. And I, so, I mean, I feel like that's, and uh, Rand's been on his show a few times too. So that's got to translate over in some way, especially because he is the lead moderator. I don't think he's, was in, you know, specifically in favor of Rand, but he was at least, you know, giving him fair time, which is, which makes it seem like he's in favor of Rand because Rand has gotten so much less than fair time from up to this point. So what, what was Rand talking about when they started playing the music to go to commercial break and he kept talking then the music slowly faded out, and well, then he, I think then I think Cavuto asked him a question after that. He contradicted. Uh, Trump was talking about some trade agreement with China, saying how bad of a deal it was. I forget the exact what they were talking about. And then the TPP. Trump, like, Trump was just saying right, yeah, it's the worst right. deal ever. It's so bad, and China just takes advantage of us. And 
Oh. He didn't really say anything. Oh yeah, so that yeah, was yeah. awesome. It, it, it Rand's like, well, maybe we should point out that China's not part of this deal before <laughs> yeah. we get off topic. Oh, it was amazing because it, it it was Trump was just in there bustering. It, he was trying to do the wizard thing where you say something in a strong way, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Doesn't matter if you really do, and you almost always get away with it. But Rand was like, uh, no, I think we should probably at least point out that what this guy just said made no sense and has zero basis in reality because his whole thing was how China is using the Trans-Pacific Partnership to back door their way in like they always do with the back door and the china they're always trying to do that as check as, your facts china check, check your, your facts. facts china I check think your, your facts. uh trump impression just delved into bernie impression <laughs> they are slowly merging i don't think i've even attempted a bernie impression but i guess if i just get the the trump impression to sound a little more like my jewish uncle then you should be good to go but um <laughs> What was I saying about Trump? Oh, yeah, he's like, China's going to backdoor the way into this thing. And uh, and Rand's like, uh, yeah, China has nothing to do with this, but thanks for playing, Donald. And that actually got a little bit of a, I don't know if it got applause. That's the thing. It's there's a We we are all sitting here thinking this is Rand's best debate, having these crazy dreams about how he's going to skyrocket in the polls. And it definitely was his best debate for us. But I don't know if that translates at all in any way, shape, or form to how the general public sees it, how the GOP primary voters see it, which is literally the only thing that matters in this conversation at the end of the day. So, well, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Trump supporters hated it. I'm sure they hate. I'm sure. I'm sure. Ah, facts. The, they hate facts. The, yeah, so, the thirty yeah. percent of people who support Trump hate Rand with a passion, especially because he, you know, started out in the first couple of debates attacking Trump. Which I don't think was a very smart move at the time. And he kind of has laid off that, except for tonight, but he's doing it in a smart way anyway. He's not just sort of blindly attacking him as not being a real conservative, which is true, but neither is most of these people on stage, which Rand did point out eventually. Uh, which is great. I think he did a great job when he said, you know, this is the most important thing we're going to talk about. Everyone's talking about foreign policy and spending all this money everywhere, everywhere, and acting like the military is some kind of sacred cow that we can't even examine. We can't even audit. I mean, Rand has the audit of the Pentagon bill. Let's just look at it. That's all he's saying. Let's look at everything. And then people call him an isolationist, Rubio. He goes, oh, I know Rand Paul's a committed isolationist. I mean, it's, it's just nonsense. And it's the kind of stuff that gets me fired up again. It makes me have, I have flashbacks to the Ron Paul days. I'm like, ah, shut up, Rubio. And then I can't wait for Rand to fire back, which he usually doesn't. But this time he did. Rand more like in each debate, he seems to be trending more and more towards Ron if I'm good, not crazy. Good move. Yeah, like at the beginning, it seemed like he was trying to, you know, straddle the line, try to include more people. And then as his poll numbers continue to suck, he's just like, I'm just going to go this way. Maybe I can't tell if that's actually what he believes, the pretty straight libertarian, or he just, you know, it's, it's a tactical move. But I mean, when we're talking I about like the what debt, he's saying much more now. When we're talking about the debt and foreign policy and, and certain things, I don't think it's even needs to be seen as libertarian per se. It's just rational. It's like, look at the numbers. Like, we cannot have 19, 20 trillion in debt and create all these new programs like Marco Rubio wants to do and create all these, you know, Marco Rubio. Oh, I want to repeal and replace Obamacare. He never says what he wants to replace it with. I mean, everybody has an idea to expand things. They just don't say it that way. They say it in a sneaky way. Or Kasich will say, I'm against bailouts, except I'm for some of this kind of, maybe kind of sort of bailout things. Almost every candidate has this in their platform well they say they're against this thing but they kind of have all these but ifs and all the but ifs add up to more programs more spending and rand's the only one out there saying 
this is freaking ridiculous. It's not possible. And there's and you want to talk about keeping us safe. That's what everybody says. Donald wants to keep us safe with a huge wall. And uh, these other guys, they all want to go bomb ISIS and and keep us safe with a strong military. But what when we're not going to be safe is when we literally can't afford anything because the bankruptcy that we're already in hits us, hits the wall, we hit reality, and suddenly everybody's bankrupt, our currency collapses, and now you can't even send one plane out to a, you know, to send shoot a missile over Los Angeles and make everyone think aliens are here. Because that's what happened last weekend for those that live in LA, which is just me and Brian. And I know Brian didn't see it because he's sleeping by 6 p.m. on Saturdays. Are people going to buy that? Unfortunately, I, I don't see it. I mean, I agree with it, but when he, he talks about, well, we're, we're going to be bankrupt, how are we going to pay for this? Well, Jesus, that, if that they don't look at $18 trillion and think that's a problem, I don't know what to tell them, but you're probably I right. I don't know. People are not cheering like they are for when Donald says, we need to be have the strongest military. We need to build it up. Uh, that gets a big cheer, but... Right. You know, how does well, that get paid? Yeah, for? I think that's my point, though, that I'm trying to get at to is that, yes, we cheer this stuff on because it makes sense and we're sort of rational or we try to be or we strive to be. And we're like, yeah, Rand makes so much sense here. He's doing so great. And then his he gets some cheers when he says this stuff, but then Rubio comes back and goes on a, a neocon rant about bombing everyone and everyone, and, and that gets the biggest cheer of the night. And then we say, okay, well, shit. <laughs> you know, because we think we realize he's doing much better in terms of the way he's stating his positions. But is this going to translate with uh, GOP voters, American public? Uh, doesn't seem like it. So I don't know what to think, but definitely a better performance by Rand for sure. Yep, I agree. I think that the neocon slice of the Republican Party is probably just too big to overcome, unfortunately. I think tonight I would say that. Rand and Cruz are the biggest winners and Kasich and Bush are the biggest losers. I think that's a good analysis. Anybody else? Well, I, I would the, also call Carson a loser, but the, I mean, the maybe the, just like he wants to call ISIS losers uh, <laughs> as a main strategy. That's going to be my strategy with him. I'm going to call him a loser. Well, but, there's uh, so many crazy things he could have said that he didn't. He kind of, I feel like he got, he got away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's sad when we see it as a, a victory for him, just because he doesn't mention trying to stab someone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he just did what he does. I, I didn't see any difference in Carson. He, he sleepily and, talks his way yeah. through some nonsense, and you know, next day he's top of the polls. It just yeah. makes it makes no People sense. People just Dude. maybe don't pay attention; they just get lulled to sleep. See, I can at talks. least see why why Trump is like a, a top of the polls. Like, I can I can get why. He, someone who casually views politics would see Donald Trump as a strong figure, a successful man, a guy who is takes seemingly strong positions, even if they don't add up to anything in reality on the stage. But Ben Carson, like literally just says nothing. I mean, he says nothing. He has not said anything. Do you think Trump and Carson supporters argue with each other? And if they do, (laughs) what do they argue about? I mean, (laughs) what, what policy specifics are they discussing? I don't even know where to start. At least Trump did put out, like he put out a tax page, put out a statement on guns. Carson. Oh, how about the, how about like one of the first questions of the debate? (laughs) Whose plan would God approve? (laughs) That happened. Was that a joke question? I don't think so. I mean, it was to me, but (laughs) I mean, who's going to claim that they know what God's thinking? That's ridiculous. At least Ben was smart enough to kind of sidestep that, though. He didn't. He didn't say, "Well, obviously, God loves my plan." Kind <laughs> of spoke about other things. Now, let he me does... tell you about my grain storage plan. 
<laughs> you know how we've been doing silos? Bad idea. Not gonna yeah, work. Man, in every hey, if, if Trump wants us to build our own like Great Wall, maybe uh, Carson should start advocating for pyramids of America. <laughs> what about a wall of pyramids? We could store our grain there and keep out all the bad guys. <laughs> or he could have if the uh, immigrants will help with the pyramids, they can stay. What about Trump's crazy, <laughs> crazy? <laughs> that's that's a good one. A good joke, everybody, not a good policy yes, suggestion. Yes, yes. To be clear, <laughs> not serious at all ever. Oh, but it would be it would solve some problems, now, wouldn't it? Uh, no, just kidding. Would they pay? <laughs> would they pay minimum wage? Not in Donald <laughs> Trump's world. I don't think there's any GOP candidates who are openly in favor of minimum wage. So is pyramid building a starter job? So- <laughs> yes. <laughs> pol- who was that that had starter wages? Was that Carson? Oh, yeah. He must have had some kind of privileged life. His first job ever was as a lab assistant. Jesus. There, everyone, else, uh, everyone else I know was like walking dogs, mowing lawns, like delivering papers. Ben Carson just got out of bed and started, was a lab assistant. Great. I think mine, mine was caddying. Yeah, there you go. Rico's was lawyer. First job. <laughs> I want to see First day of work. He, I didn't know how he knew anything about golf. I'd love to hear you get <laughs> And how to carry bags. Shot selection. <laughs> we need to have a Lions of Liberty golf event. I've never played golf in my life, and that sounds great. I sounds mean. awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> I have played mini golf, though. Extensive. We'll do it at the uh, Republican convention when we uh, convene in, in Cleveland. Yeah, we got a lot to do next year, guys. We got to go to Freedom Fest. We got to go to the Republican convention. We should probably go to, um, I don't know, what else can we go to? Any excuse, guys. I'm looking forward to, to get out of town. WrestleMania? WrestleMania. Already, already, gets, Kevin. already got you there. We already got Burning tickets for man. Okay. I'm open to it. If, if we can tie it into Liberty, which we can, definitely. I think there's a lot of Liberty going on there. Oh, there, <laughs> definitely. there, there definitely Rick is. Rick. <laughs> I'm in. I'll it's definitely that. Liberty. All right, guys. Uh, why don't we try to wrap things up with um, – why don't we give a, since it's going to be a good month to the next debate, why don't we gaze into our Liberty crystal ball and try to look into the future? So why don't we look at the next debate, which as I mentioned, will be on, I believe, December 15th, over a month away. Thank God. I really need to recharge because I feel like we just had a string of debates recently. And, and I am one of the, uh, the few, the strong, the proud, the brave that are going to watch and recap this debate for everybody on Saturday night. So you're welcome. This Democratic debate. It will air on the Lions of Liberty podcast on Monday, a reaction show featuring myself and Brian McWilliams and uh, maybe a couple other guests. So don't say we never did anything for you people because we are doing that. Uh, But let's look forward to this GOP debate coming up in in mid-December. Who's going to be on stage? Not just who's going to be on stage. Who is going to – how are things going to be seen? Is anything going to change in terms of the rankings? Do you think Trump is still going to be on top? Uh, This is a a very broad question that you you guys all get to ramble on for like two or three minutes. So who's going to be on top? Who's not going to be there? And will we see any new faces from the Kitty debate or maybe faces that we've seen before getting back up to the main stage? We'll start with Odie. All right. Um, my ba- my basic question is no question. It's just ramble about what you think is going to happen in the next month. I'm going to make. I'll just make a couple of predictions. So uh, a month from now, December fifteen or whatever it is, I think Trump will still be uh, still be the lead. Unfortunately, um, I, th- I I do think this. I'm not not just hopefully thinking it, but I think Carson is going to start to slide after this debate. No matter what, Fox is going to slide down the side said. of a pyramid. That he might, fun. he might, you know, a little gravity taking him down the side of the pyramid, something like that. Um, I, I, you know, and maybe I'm being optimistic and maybe I have my uh, liberty uh, 
goggles on here looking through the looking through this but i do think rand will see we'll see a little bump after this debate um if, if not for anything else um just uh, he like like rico said i think he is becoming a little bit more like ron a little more feisty in his uh his answers and his comebacks and w- with a little bit more libertarian principle behind behind his answers i think he will see a little bump maybe aided by the liberty movement a little bit getting behind him I don't know how far, maybe four or five percent. I think Kasich is done. He looks like uh, you know he, he came off like a like a crazed, desperate man tonight. Uh, Carly Fiorina, she'll hover where she is in her three four percent. Chris Christie, so I think he will make a triumphant return as uh, as triumphant as he can be uh, to the December fifteenth debate and knock Kasich off the stage. So uh, and. Ted Cruz, Rubio. I think Rubio probably, unfortunately, will see a bounce from this, and Ted Cruz will probably stay where he is. Maybe Rubio gets some of the uh, some of the Carson vote. I don't know. Damn it, Odie. I think almost exactly the same thing as what you just said. <laughs> All right, we will just skip Howie right. then. No, we won't skip you. But uh, uh, so, wait, just, wait, just just a recap. So you you do think that Kasich out. And Christie in next Kasich time. Kasich out. Yeah, yeah. I think Christie right. was already on the rise like after they capped uh, the timeline for they were saying that i did see that somewhere yeah he had a video that went viral him talking about how we need to like help drug addicts and start just like putting them in jail and he was so good there but it goes completely and i saw that i thought it was great but it it runs totally counter to what he actually says about his policies so he had had that bump then we had the debate tonight i think he did great job in the debate um i think he'll be back in case it was just just seems like a bitter old man, just like desperate, like Odie said. I, I think he's out. I think Christie's in. And I think our top three are going to be Trump, Cruz, and Rubio. All Everybody right. else in the middle. You think Cruz is gonna is gonna rise after this? I think Rubio and Cruz are gonna rise. I for some reason Trump is not gonna fall that far. It, he he's a wizard. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I don't think. I think Carson's going down, but I think Trump's going to hang on to the yeah. probably the top spot for now, at least for the next month. All right, Rico, what's your expert legal opinion on, on um, these matters? I wish I had something different to add, but I really don't. I think it's pretty much going to be status quo. I really wasn't following Christie, so I'm, I'm surprised to hear that he was trending upward. To me, once you get relegated, you're kind of uh, – you know, done for as far as the big stage, but maybe I'll start pulling up. I, I just, who's watching the, the kitty debates, you know, besides us, is anyone, I doubt it. So I, I can't really see a strong showing in, in that debate really mattering too much. What well, I people like, might not, people might not watch it, but they're going to show clips from it all day tomorrow. People will see that if the media wants to talk up Christie, they will. Yeah, and and I think it's more Kasich was just so oh, bad. Well, yeah. yeah, but I would like to see the debate start getting kind of, um, you know, some of the candidates starting to get chopped off, and I think it would be nice to see Kasich and and Bush gone, and then you just have six on the stage. Fiorina can leave too. I mean, I, I don't see her really doing anything. Uh, it's, it's time to start getting down to uh, you know some really core candidates. I don't think Rubio and, and Cruz are going anywhere. Obviously, they're, I think they're going up too. I think Trump's going to lead until after Iowa, and then there's 
probably going to be something where he starts to uh, combust. I, I don't think he's going to – once the primaries start actually happening, I don't see him hanging on. But until then, I think he'll be a uh, front runner. And we'll see if Rand can uh, make a little move. As long as he can get in the top five, I think he can be in it for the long haul. But kind of wait and see how that works out. So that's kind of my hope is that it just – candidates start to drop. Yeah, that's the question. Do you think anyone is going to literally drop out, like actually end their campaign? Uh, I think Kasich is is the obvious contender for that. Bush probably has too much money, but if his poll numbers get really bad, just save some embarrassment and, and withdraw like Perry. You know, but uh, I think those would be... God, I forgot <laughs> Perry was even even involved in this at one point. Man, it's been a really... It's already been a really long campaign season, and we're still over over two months away from any kind of votes, because the Iowa caucus, I believe, is like the end of January now. Yeah, I think it, I read February 1st. Yeah, so. I mean, it's it, we've got a lot of time. Yeah, and Scott Walker had already dropped out. He was in the audience, so... And he was one time seen as... I mean, a, that shows you how much can change, though, because guys like Scott Walker and Rick Perry were not that long ago seen as as leading, uh, you know, top-tier type candidates, and they are gone. And you might say Rand isn't doing great because he's only got 2.5%, but at this point, 25 isn't necessarily terrible. I mean, there's only two or three guys that have really good poll numbers. Yeah. There's only like two with great poll numbers, which is I, Carson I think, and I think Trump. Scott. I think Scott Walker's he's he's saving his ammo. Uh, if 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 uh, if Hillary wins or Bernie's not going to win, if Hillary, if Hillary wins, then uh, Scott Walker will run in four years. I, I think and, you're uh, right. I think he realized it wasn't in the cards for him this year, and get out now before he spends too much time exposing himself in these debates as like a lot of these other guys do. Cause I think a lot of these guys, if they stay in it um, and don't win are not going to be viable the next time around. Cause we've already seen your shtick and we already know that you know, there's nothing to it. And I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's going to repeat Ben Carson performance uh, coming if he doesn't win it here. At least God, I hope not. God, he's not going to like run for Senate after this. Is he, is he going <laughs> to stick around politics? I he's hope he twi- sticks around in the world. Like I enjoy making fun of Ben Carson. <laughs> I, I definitely enjoy that. Pretty as a twin brother, Kyle too. Every other day. What'd you say? He has a twin brother. What? I made that. I made that. Oh up. man! If he had a twin <laughs> brother, that would be the best for like national security because he could be his twin could be his body double. Glenn Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn Carson. Um, man, I wish I had more original thoughts than you guys. I I, I pretty much see the same thing playing out. Um, like, I want to say Rand is going to rise in the polls. I really want to, because he came across to me very well in this debate. Um, I just, I guess I just don't have the faith. You know, if, if the, if the, if it's the, if it's the Ron Paul people out there that are, that were, have not been convinced by Rand yet, if those people are the reason his polls aren't great and some of those people come on board, then, you know, he could start to tick up. Because I think even Ron Paul had better poll numbers at this point, didn't he? Didn't he? Wasn't he getting – maybe he not at this po- point. Yeah, he was polling like around 10%, I think, at this point, wasn't yeah, he? I mean, he was like getting shockingly good numbers. I mean, shockingly mm-hmm. for, for what we would have expected. And and Rand is kind of middling at the bottom, with, but he's hanging in there. And, and if he gets more Ron, which it seems like he's doing – and he, I, I was really impressed that he, the first three debates, he really seemed to sit back, not take charge, accept the fact he wasn't going to get much time. In mean, last debate, I, I thought he was done. I thought he was campaign was over because he didn't seem like he wanted to be there to me maybe it was just maybe he's had his mind on the the filibuster that was going to happen the next day and uh, maybe he just wasn't feeling the debate he was over the the 
terrible questions by the CNBC moderators. But this debate, he was in it. He was on it, and he was in it to win it. And uh, he was excellent. I mean, Paul losses all around for this one because he really made great points, and he didn't sit back and let people talk over him. I remember there was one point that Rubio kept trying to talk over him, and Rand kept going, no, 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 I'm going to say this right now. And, and the fact that Fox Business production team someone some high trust me i work in television production i work on live events when you're going to break you are going to break you are on the way you've told the transmission that you're you're headed to break you're they're about to roll their commercials once you're playing that music so they were going to break and some somebody relatively high level had to say no 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 no. stay on this stay on this i mean maybe it's just because it's good tv i'm not saying that some producer at fox business is a, a secret rand supporter but the fact that he commanded that presence that they they felt compelled to not end his question not end his answer but stay on him it's a very good sign about how he was presenting himself and and how he came across boom anybody else got thoughts boom goes to dynamite (laughs) all right well as i mentioned earlier in the show um uh, myself mr brian mcwilliams i believe our our good friend jb lubin who we haven't heard from a while is going to hopefully join us as well we are going to watch the democratic debate this coming saturday we are going to record a reaction show to it and uh, it will air shortly thereafter on monday morning we might even get it up on youtube a little earlier so be sure to to subscribe Huh, how do you say that word again? Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube. It's been a long day, guys. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we put a lot of our podcasts up there before they get released to the general public, so it's a good thing to subscribe to. And uh, we will get that geo um, that Democratic debate reaction show up as soon as possible. And uh, we'll, of course, be live blogging throughout, so join us for that. And uh, Do you guys want to join me for a, a little sign-off? Have you caught on to how I sign off this show yet? No, no, no. Okay, well, hopefully you'll figure it out. Guys, until next time, until you hear us recapping yet another debate for you, this time a Democratic debate next Monday. Until then, folks, why don't we all just agree to live long and live free. Man, long day. Five and a half hours. I started watching Republicans Mm. speak five and a half hours ago. Head of editing and mastering is John Dauber. Contact Johnny53 at gmail.com. <laughs>